This is the Making Millionaires Podcast, a realistic, no BS approach to effective and profitable investing. Everything from options trading to real estate. Once I'm done with you, you'll be itching to tell your boss to take a hike. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get in your face about the real way to make money and change your family tree. It's time to start thinking like a winner. So buckle up, sugar cup. It's about to get real. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Making Millionaires. I'm Andrew from the Options Millionaire Community. Hope y'all have had a fantastic time trading since the last time we spoke. Enjoying the nice returns that 2023 has offered us. Today, we're going to switch gears a little bit and have a little fun. As the Chinese proverb goes, before you know your future, you must first know your past. And us being traders, options traders, futures traders, stock traders, I ask you, do you know where trading started? And with that question, today we're going to be talking about the history of options trading. We always get so wrapped up in learning about options trading, the technical side, how to trade, what to trade, what to fix, when to fix, how to get my mind right. But we don't actually stop and think about when did this all start? When did humans become degenerates officially and start trading options? I guarantee you it's a lot earlier than you think. Some people think 1920s, 1930s, Jesse Livermore, Great Depression. Nope. Way back. 1800s? Nah. 1700s? 1500s? How about 300 BC? 300 BC is the first known records of options trading as we know it. Obviously, they called it different stuff. What did they trade back then, you ask? Olives. Or more specifically, olive presses. You see, way back when, there was a guy named Thales. And just like the retail investor of today, he was also a jabroni. Why was he a jabroni? Because he looked at a circumstance and pondered, how could he make money off this that other people did not see? And it was through the olive market. See, this guy Thales was a great astronomer. He read the weather. He read the stars. He read the space. And by doing so, and looking at all this crap that's in the sky, he was able to predict that that year, there was going to be a massive harvest on the olives. Which was great for everybody else that had olives, but not for Thales. Because he had no money, and he had no olives. So how is this guy going to actually take advantage of the fact that he was predicting a massive olive harvest? Well, he sat down on his little rock sometime in 300 BC, and he started to think, what could he do to make some money off of this? What involves olives during that day? Well, you have the people that actually own olives, and they will be harvesting. You've got the middlemen that buy the olives and sell to markets and you sell to companies that squeeze the olives and what have you. But then you've got the olive presses and the people that own them. See, what he knew is that the people that have olive presses don't actually have olives. They require buying olives from people or letting people use their machines to press the olives into olive oil. And that's where he had his idea. So he went down to, I don't know, Olive Press Central and he does what jabronis do. He began to try to buy options on the olive presses. How did he do this? Well, as we already know, he didn't have a lot of money. He had to create something that he could invest in that didn't require a lot of money. So he went to each and every one of the olive press owners in town and paid them a small amount of money one year in advance to use their olive presses during olive harvest season, which was one year in advance. Now, what the small amount of money did was secure his rights to use the presses at his leisure during olive harvest season. They couldn't use them. He could now. So he bought the rights to use the olive presses. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like a call option. When you buy a call option, you buy the rights to purchase the contract up until including expiration of the contract. The olive presses was an underlying asset. When you buy a call option on SPY, SPY is the underlying asset. In this case, the olive press itself 
was the underlying asset. So what happens? We fast forward a year, and bingo, Jabroni Thales was right. The olive harvest was plentiful, tons of olives, olives coming out of your ears. And what had happened? Everybody rushed the olive presses to start pressing their olives into oil. So what were Thales' options come expiration or the time of the olive harvest? Well, one, he can actually use the olive presses himself, which is exercising the options, right? But he didn't have any olives, so that's useless to him. Or he could sell the right that he purchased to other people. So basically, he could sell his option to somebody else for a much higher profit because they are now in significant demand. And that's exactly what he chose to do. He chose to sell the option premiums to other people for a much inflated price than he paid because obviously the olive presses are in high demand and make a ton of money, turning a small amount of money into a large amount of money. Now let's think about the flip side of the coin, the option sellers in this case, or the olive press owners. They sold the right to the presses to Jabroni Thales, effectively selling a covered call because they actually own the asset and instead of using the asset, they sold the rights to the asset to somebody else for a discounted price. The premium that they sold to Thales was with the money they kept up front. And the benefit, they were actually able to keep those premiums regardless of the usage of their olive presses or not. So in the event that there was a terrible olive harvest that year, or maybe a drought hit and killed all of the olives and nobody wanted to use the presses, well, then they won out big because now they've secured their profits no matter what. Very interesting to think about both sides. Now, obviously, back then, they didn't call them options or calls or puts. They called them contingencies or some sort of contingency contract that they written, handwritten, most likely on a napkin, or maybe they chiseled it into a piece of rock, which what have you. But either way, the same mechanics apply then as they do now. Now, obviously, there was no regulation, just like we have today. Everything's regulated. One call contract, one put contract is 100 shares, etc. But it's still the same concepts. Now, if we fast forward a little bit to the tune of 1,900 years, we have the tulip mania of the 1600s. Yes, I said that right, tulips as in flowers. So due to the concept of supply and demand, there was a absolute explosion of demand for the tulip. And because of this demand, the prices of tulips skyrocketing. It seemed by the day, by the week, by the month, tulips became more and more expensive. Now, one of these jabroni dealers of the tulip got this bright idea. Since now tulips were so incredibly popular, and he knew that the prices were so extravagantly high, that he wanted to be able to forward look his pricing. So what did he do? He began creating option contracts on his tulips. And just like GameStop, all over again, people think everything's different with GameStop. It was the same thing back then, except for GameStop, it was tulip. And what happened when this jabroni created call options on tulips? Everyone started to buy them because it was a new hot thing. Everybody loved tulips and the price kept going up and up and up and up and up and up and up week after week, month after month, year after year. Everyone mortgaged everything. They dumped everything into these call options that were new and non-regulated. They were highly speculative and new. And what happened when the supply and demand crunch hit and the bubble popped? Now, all these call contracts that everybody and their mother had purchased, trying to go to the moon, brah, buy the dip, BTFD, and tulips went down into the dirt. The market crashed, people dumped everything, tulips now became worthless, and all those options closed out of the money and were worthless. It was such an extravagant collapse by tulips that the entire economy collapsed. Mass foreclosures, people losing their homes, people losing their businesses, people losing their families over tulips and call contracts. It was the most jabroni time in financial history up until that point. Which goes without saying, whether you're buying options contracts on GameStop or Tulips or Olives, please only trade with money that you can afford to lose. Now, after that, the options trading market got a little hectic. 
Options trading was pretty much off and on banned and illegal up until about the late 1800s because it was so widely unregulated and the prices of the premiums would fluctuate so incredibly fast and volatile. And it wasn't until sometime in the 1900s when the CBOE or the Chicago Board of Exchange came about and they began to create regulation and defined parameters on which how and what the options we know today are traded. For example, setting the standard that one call or put contract equals 100 shares of the underlying. Up until then, option contracts literally could have been written on a napkin. You can go up to a broker or someone who owns the underlying and say, hey, I want to buy a call contract from you. Now it could be for five shares of the underlying or 50 or 200 or 1,000. It could be customized upon the agreement between you and the holder of the underlying. You can create any kind of customized option contract, which obviously made it widely volatile. However, if you are going to grow the options market, if you're going to make it standardized and have it actually make money on a consistent basis, you had to have some standardization. So finally, in the 1970s and so, the CBOE came about, created the standard put and call options contract. Now, this is pretty much what we use today. It's pretty awesome knowing where this stuff comes and to know that jabronis generations before you have been trying to trade to make money. And just like you, there was some jabroni almost a thousand years ago that bought call contracts at the top of the tulip market, just like you bought calls at the top of the GameStop market. So don't be too hard on yourself. Humans have been jabroning for a long time. I'm sure there's a lot more history out there and a lot more details that I probably missed about how this came about. But And honestly, reading about this, I knew about the tulips, but I did not know about the olives. So that was a huge interest to me of understanding how just the human mind comes up with these ideas how to make money. And it seems so simple. And it seems so obvious when you're reading it, but to man, to have the foresight to understand the olive market in the future and to place these contracts on there to secure the rights to sell, it's unbelievable. And humans have been very creative in terms of how to make money for years. And here we are, you know, 2023, speculating on the price of everything and anything under the sun from olive to pork belly to corn to the S&P futures, NASDAQ futures, and everything in between. It's just phenomenal to understand. It's fascinating. And the deeper and deeper I dive into the financial world, it becomes that much more interesting. So a little bit of fun episode here. Hope you uh, had a little fun listening and, and understanding and learning where the options market comes from. So if you want to know a little bit more, then uh, you know Google the history of options trading and read about books and read about Jesse Livermore. He had a big part in the creation of obviously what we know today as the markets, a phenomenal individual who was considered arguably one of the best traders of all time. Unfortunately, he uh, met a early death, but either way, he was uh, he was a trading great. So anyway, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Making Millionaires podcast. Make sure to hit that follow button, follow along for all future content, for all future episodes. And if you're not already, I do have a channel on YouTube, the Options Millionaire channel. We're growing aggressively over the past years. It's a great resource for you to be able to learn a little bit about trading, investing, and to sharpen that axe a little bit more to hit your financial goals. And until next time, I'm Andrew with the Options Millionaire community, and I'll leave you with this. The only thing separating you from financial greatness is the decision to be better.